Carnal Talk podcast, a sultry haven where we delve into the intimate and sensual tales of everyday women. On this podcast, we embark on a journey to explore the diverse landscapes of female sensuality. Some of our guests may choose to share their experiences anonymously, and others may prefer to step into the spotlight to promote themselves. But one thing will remain a constant, a genuine and candid conversations about their sex lives. Carnal Talk Radio is not your typical show. It's a podcast where we celebrate the stories that often go untold. From the early sparks of desire to the intricacies of personal development, we uncover the layers that make each woman's sensual journey unique. I am your host, Nelly. I know, I know, some of you may know me as Khan from the Porn Director Podcast, but OnlyFans, YouTube, and other platforms kicked us off, and I had to recreate all this social media. So rather than getting the whole crew back together, I want you guys to think of this as my solo career. For those of you who are not familiar with the Porn Director Podcast, please visit our webpage, carnaltalk.com, and read my bio for more information. Don't forget to follow our social medias, Instagram and TikTok, at carnaltalkpodcast, X otherwise known as Twitter, carnaltalkpod, and did you know, I have an OnlyFans. That's right, Nelly has an OnlyFans where I work with some pretty big name girls like Kazumi, Adriana Chechik, and Luna Lovely. So follow me there. Nelly has big loads on OnlyFans. For episode two of the Carnal Talk podcast, let's meet Katana Jade, a captivating 30-year-old model born into a traditional and conservative Asian family living in Hawaii. Katana's curiosity and thirst for knowledge led her to Portland, Oregon, where she attended college. From there, she embarked on a transformative and educational journey by enrolling into courses on sex work and feminism. This intellectual exploration sparked a newfound passion and curiosity within her. Driven by her intelligence and adventurous spirit, Katana decided to step into the world of erotic dancing, where she discovered a platform to express herself freely. Breaking away from the constraints of tradition, she also embraced her adventurous side and ventured into nude and fetish modeling. From there, of course, she found her way to OnlyFans. Katana's OnlyFans is where intelligence meets kinkiness and fine art. She embodies the essence of a modern woman who fearlessly embraces her desires and celebrates her uniqueness. Her petite, slim frame, adorned with tattoos, tells a story of rebellion and individuality, making her a true unicorn in the realm of modern beauty. So please go follow her on Instagram, TikTok, and OnlyFans. Katana Jade TV. That's Katana, K-A-T-A-N-A, Jade, J-A-D-E, TV, which is like a television. And send her a DM and let her know you heard her on the Carnal Talk podcast. And now, please welcome to the show, Katana Jade.
give everyone a kind of visual on you look what you look like. So I know it's a little rude to ask a woman to describe herself, but can I get you to go ahead and do that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so I am 5'3 and 115 pounds. I have a pretty slim and toned build. Um, I definitely am trying to take advantage of being fit this year. Um, so that's good. I took your advice on uh, working out twice a day. I know you're actually the person that mentioned that to me and I've been doing that. So, so yeah, things have been good. That's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's how I would describe myself. That's great. So you are a slim, petite, Asian, uh, yes, American. That's right. Great. Dark hair, dark eyes, very pretty. So those of you who don't know, I actually met Katana in real life. We had um, an interesting situation where we ended up on a boat together for three days, and it was fun. It was very, um, we behaved ourselves. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Surprisingly, if those of you know me, it's very hard for me to behave myself, but uh, Katana made sure I behaved myself, right? Yeah, you did a good job. <laughs> so we, we've known each other for about a year or two now and um, have swapped some messages and seen each other a couple times. Um, so I just want to let everyone know, you definitely need to check out Katana. She's a beautiful girl. She has OnlyFans. Do you want to give your OnlyFans out real quick? Yep. Okay. K-A-T-A-N-A-J-A-D-E-T-V. And that's... And that's and that's OnlyFans, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Okay. Where's the best place to follow you? I would say Instagram. Unless they want yeah. to see you naked. Exactly. Then OnlyFans. All right. Um, and what kind of content do you have on your OnlyFans? So my OnlyFans is mostly um, my boudoir shoots, which I'm mostly a boudoir model. Um, so I'll kind of release all of my sets and sometimes I'll release some boy-girl, sometimes solo masturbation videos. Okay. Do you do dick ratings or custom videos? I do dick ratings, custom videos. I sell, um, you know, anything kind of custom items as well. And I also do phone sex and texting, sexting, as, as well as video, video you... calls as well. Do you use a service for the sexting or is just a, like Sex Panther or any of those? I don't use a service for it. Um, however, I kind of give you like, if you're on WeChat or if you use, um, you know, if you want to use your phone number, I can, I can do that as well. All right. Is there a specialty, like when someone's sexting you, are you like specifically good at something? Are you like a dom or a sub? Or do you have like specific moves that, uh, I don't want you to give out the, your sexting skills, but kind of like, is there a role play you do well in? I don't think anything in specific. I kind of just go with whoever I'm talking with, you know, go with the flow. Great. Right. Okay. So everyone go there, follow her, sext with her, give her support, let her know you found her, found her through us because we want to show her love and we want her to be successful. All right. So all that stuff out of the way, uh, how about where did you grow up and kind of what's your background? Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in Hawaii on the big Island and, um, 
it was, you know, kind of a small town vibe there. Very beachy, uh, Hawaii, but it's on, it's on the sunnier side of the big island. Hmm. Cool. And how long did you live there before you came to the mainland? Yeah, so I lived there for 17 years, and then I moved over to Portland, Oregon, where I spent basically all of the all of my 20s. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and how did you find yourself um, getting kind of into a sex industry? I, I don't really call you sex industry because you're not super far into it, but how did you find your way into the adult industry? We'll say that. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good way to put it. So this is actually a funny story. I was in school. Um, I went to Portland State University and I was taking some classes there. It's really kind of a hippie school, a lot of Oregon and mostly in Portland. It's like they have all these interesting classes that you can take. So I started kind of getting more into gender and sexualities. I was taking classes on feminism. And then I took a class that was called the sex industry class. And there I was reading a book called Whores and Other Feminists, which is a book comprised of essays from, yeah, basically people that were in the sex industry um, and just writing about it, either, you know, being empowered by it or just their stories. But that really opened me up to being interested in understanding, you know, what is that like? Mostly because um, being an Asian American and actually being a first generation American, um, I was really sheltered. I was really sheltered about knowing about my body. I was really sheltered about like, you know, sexuality in general. Like I, I wasn't even told that I would have my period growing up. So when it happened, I was really surprised. And being that my culture is this way, it kind of created this, you know, belief that um, a woman's body really isn't hers. So to be taking classes and like learning that people out there are really taking their bodies back and, you know, using it as a source of income or just, you know, in that way, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I kind of I'm interested in trying this out. Like maybe I'll become a dancer. Okay. I'm going to jump in here real quick here. So it's really fascinating what you said about feminism, because there's a lot of feminism out there that does not believe uh, adult or sex work is women's empowerment. They always equate it to you having a pimp or you having someone who's forcing you to do these things that you don't want to do. But then there's another side of feminism that completely understands like, oh, this is a woman taking whatever tools that she has and, and making money off of it. Um, and I, I just find it crazy that you can go throughout the ages of time and some sort of a sex or adult work has been there since the beginning of time. We can go way back in time. And it's obviously um, an established uh, way of making a commission, or it's obviously in the human DNA for this. So it kind of freaks me out when feminism, feminists don't look at it 
like that. They only think of the worst case scenario. Um, so it's interesting being in Portland, obviously very liberal city, you were able to get that out of it and you didn't get the other side of feminism out of that. Right. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. And I think that a lot of, a lot of, you know, the ways where people view that doing sex work isn't, you know, feminist, I think it really comes from places you know, with really sort of religious backgrounds or really male dominated types of societies um, where they really do believe, you know, that it's kind of like women are secondary. I feel like that's where that can come from a lot of the times because the media for the most part, you know, isn't used to portraying sex workers or industry workers as, um, you know, independent women that are empowered by their bodies. So no stories, you know, there's there's a few stories that come out where they publish it or it becomes a movie or it becomes a book. But a lot of the times it's very hush-hush when it, when it comes to that subject. Agreed, agreed. Okay, so you took this these courses in sex work and femininity, uh, I'm sorry, feminism. And so you're like, well, maybe I want to be a dancer. How, yeah. Where, where yeah. do you go from there? Right. So I was 19 years old. So by now I've been dancing for a decade. And I started dancing at a club downtown in Portland called Spice Gentlemen's Club. It has been there. It's been there for a while. So it's. I would say it's probably about 15, 16 years going. So you just walked in and said, I want to dance. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, what's funny is growing up too, I was always so interested in what, when I was watching movies, seeing like dancers or strippers in, in the films. And I like really, really liked that. So I think in general, like in my mind, even when I was really young, I was like, this seems interesting. Like growing up, I was like, oh, I might want to be some type of performer, but I didn't know how I wanted to do that. And I really did pursue doing that by dancing in a strip club. And your first time, how nervous were you? I was really nervous. Um, I was really nervous. And it was it was kind of like a, an idea that I had from a friend because we were both working in retail. Um, so, you know, I was reading these books and she was like, hey, I just tried my first time at Spice. And she was like, it, it was really good. And then she shows me like this big wad of cash. And she's like, you know, like, do you want to come try this out with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was really nervous my first time, but I was also really happy to, to know somebody that was also a baby dancer. That's what we call new dancers. Oh, that's a new term. I've never heard that before. Okay. So let me ask you, um, how much was, how much motivation was monetary and how much motivation was curiosity? Okay, I, I would say honestly about half half because I was really, you know, like I said, I was really sheltered. I was really kind of in a conservative family. So I had a lot of curiosities about being a performer in general. And then as far as monetary, um, my situation is that knowing that I have these younger siblings that my parents were likely going to be paying for their tuition 
and knowing we're from Hawaii. So everybody's going to be paying for out-of-state tuition. I was really motivated to take on the role of just like, I'm going to do this by myself. Like, I'm going to just make it so that my family doesn't have to cover my expenses um, anymore. And this, this happened, I think, in my second year. Second year of college is when I started dancing. So they really helped me out the first year. The second year, I was like, I'm motivated to do this all, all by myself. That's awesome. And were you able to graduate? Yes. Yes. So I did graduate. I graduated in 2016 and I didn't have any help after the second year. Congratulations. Were your parents stoked you. on saving that money? You know, I don't think it's anything we ever really discussed. I feel like in our culture, we don't talk about that kind of stuff very much. So I think they were, I think that they were happy that I was able to, you know, do it on my own, but of course they didn't know how I did it. So. Okay. They no questions asked, huh? Because it would be rude. No, I mean, they, they were wondering, you know, what kinds of work I was doing. And at the time before I started dancing, I was like full-time working. I had three jobs. And I was also full-time in school. Wow. So I was working 24-7. They knew that. And basically, it kind of carried on. Okay. Okay. So moving over to um, a little bit more personal side of things, uh, you mentioned you did grow up very conservative and probably learned nothing about sex because you didn't even know about your period. Um, when did you first start, and get, start getting curious about sex? Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. So in Hawaii, I think that we are very exposed at, at an early age. Um, a lot of the times you'll hear about like middle schoolers getting pregnant and kind of things like that. And when I was in middle school, so about seventh grade, um, I was starting to get exposed more more about like sexual matters because just classmates of mine would like throw parties and like they would have some fun. So, so I actually didn't lose my virginity until high school, but I was a freshman in high school. So pretty young age, I would say about 15. Yeah, that is a little young. Um, I'm going to go off on a, a side tangent here. So I just read a book on Polynesians and Pacific Islanders. And one of the things that they mentioned in this book was that as soon as you get your period in Polynesian culture, you're supposed to start having sex and immediately start pro procreating. So I think there is um, some ingrained uh, tradition in having sex young. There's also um, this island called Pitcairn Island. And most people have heard about the story of mutiny on the bounty. It's a uh, it's happened in like the late 1800s, but this uh, ship went to, I forgot, Tahiti or somewhere. And the, the British people fell in love with all the women on the Polynesian island. And then they mutinied and stole the ship and then sailed down to uh, Pitcairn Island and started uh, procreating down there. There's a lot of murder and other stuff going on. But in the 1990s, Pitcairn Island got in a lot of trouble because they were having sex with like 13 year old girls and their mm. whole defense was, this is part of our culture. This is how we grew up, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of them went to jail. Anyway, that's a little uh, side story there for you. 
when did you have your first orgasm? Hmm. I would say that I probably had my first orgasm when I was 17. Yeah. So I had some practice in between, honestly, like I had lost my virginity and then I think I was kind of having fun with it. And I was like, I just want to try this out with whoever, you know? So anyone that was interested in me, like we would kind of just like mess around and play around. And I found that I really liked like foreplay when I was at that age. And I of course really love foreplay now, but, but I really loved it then. Like it was just so fun, you know, having oral sex. Um, so, so I would have all kinds of fun with all kinds of people, but but I really started to orgasm, yeah, towards the end of towards the end of high school, kind of like going into college is is when I started noticing, you know, how my body worked. Ah, exactly. That's where I was getting to next. So it's often that girls do not orgasm with sex for quite some time. And then they meet that one guy who can get them to that point. Or we have a situation where girls discover sex very young. I'm talking 12, 13, 14 years old. And, and they discover it in a like self-pleasure kind of way. And they're like, this feels nice. And they don't realize what they're doing is sexual, but they teach themselves how to orgasm. Um, so your first orgasm, was it with someone or did you figure it out on your own? It was with someone. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what did they do? So it was mostly like we were doing a doggy style and it just felt like really overwhelmingly good. And for me, I didn't realize like, oh, I kind of feel like I have to pee. I don't know what's going on, you know, but basically we just kept going. Like we we're just going like animals, my, um, my boyfriend at the time and I, and yeah, the very first time I think I squirted. And I orgasmed at the same time. And, and that was really nice. But I didn't know that that would happen. I didn't realize that I was capable of doing that. That's pretty exciting. Was he excited? I'm sure he was stoked, right? I think he was like really surprised because I think that it was his first time too. Oh, really? Oh, because yeah, you guys were both so, young. Mm -hmm. That's hot though. And did you immediately know like, oh, I just had an orgasm? Or were you like, what was that? Yeah, I was a little bit embarrassed because I didn't know, like, did I pee myself? Like, what happened? So. Oh, that's so cute. I That's not, yeah. When you're young, everything embarrasses you and you're shy and you're timid and, oh, I don't want people to smell my pussy. I don't want people to kiss me down there because I don't know if I'm clean or it's all, I, I can't stand that stuff. I, <laughs> everyone's like, uh, what kind of girls do you like? And I'm like, slutty ones that I don't have to teach anything. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um so do you sleep with women as well I do but it's usually I don't usually do a lot of one-on-one -on -one with women yeah mm -hmm. so I don't feel very experienced like usually I'm kind of in a group setting when it comes to with women it's usually like a threesome or it's like kind of a reverse gangbang with like a lot of women and one guy. That's not heard of very often. How do you get to be this guy that's in a reverse gangbang with you? How do I sign my name on that dotted line? Oh my gosh, you're so funny. I don't know. It really happens kind of randomly. It's like I'm at some kind of event and 
all of us girls are kind of hovering over this guy. And then we're just like, you know what? We should just do it. <laughs> what kind of event is this? Just like a swinger party or what is this? Oh my gosh. Um, honestly, just, I've always been in kind of environments that are really open sexually like that. Like I'm hanging out, you know, at a strip club. And then we all decided to do an after party, me, my girlfriends and I, or other events like sex parties. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. You're a stripper. So you end up around other strippers and you, you strippers get crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we love a good time. Where all do you dance? Are you still dancing? So I do still dance in Portland. Um, now I would say I go back to Portland only once a quarter, um, back at Spice Gentlemen's Club where I started out. And I occasionally travel to Vegas. So Vegas is actually more often than Portland. Um, I go to Vegas, I would say at least once a month. Um, and I dance there at Spearmint Rhino and Sapphire. And then I mostly dance in Austin, Texas as well. Oh, wow. I didn't know about Austin. That's cool. If a guy is going to impress you, what does he need to do? You mean if he's going to impress me at the strip club or, you know, what context is this? Let's do this. A guy wants your attention. How does he get your attention? Oh, we'll, we'll go like this. At a strip club, outside of a strip club, and online. Okay. I would say online is pretty difficult, um, but in general, it's kind of hard to get my attention. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't really like attention on me. I think that because of my work history and just my experiences, like, I, I tend to like to be the one that chases after a guy at first. So, you know, usually I really like quiet men. I usually really like, you know, stylish, clean, good looking, um, and friendly, but not like in my face friendly. So they, they'll say like, oh, hi, you know, like you're beautiful and like, give me a hug or something. And then kind of like, not talk to me for the rest of the night. And if they don't talk to me for the rest of the night, it'll be like, you know, a few hours here or there. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like he said hi to me, but now he's just doing his own thing. And then I'll kind of like come after them. Mm, so if they play a little bit hard to get, it interests you more. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is there specific physical attributes you like? Um, I mean, I really like dark hair, you know, I think most girls like, like a tall guy and, and I'm not going to say no to a tall guy. So what yeah. about, what about gray hair? Gray hair is cool too. Yeah. I like the silver Fox. <laughs> I'm saying that for those of you who haven't seen me, I have all gray on my face and at my temples. <laughs> okay. What do you think one of the craziest things you've ever done sexually is? Okay, let's see. I mean, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of something that is crazy to me because I think I, because of my dancer experiences, I've really done a lot of things. Um, but maybe one of the craziest experiences for me is I convinced someone I was dating and someone that I was really interested in to have like a spit roast with me a spit roast is you know it's like a guy and it's it's basically an eiffel tower yeah yeah eiffel tower so one in your mouth one behind you and mm -hmm. you're in between 
Uh, you can call that finger cuffs as well, like the Chinese finger cuffs, if you remember. Oh. <laughs> That's another name for it. If you remember cool. those little like bamboo-y finger cuff things. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, you know. I'm feeling really bad because I'm talking to someone who's Asian and I'm talking about Chinese finger cuffs. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> as I'm saying it, I'm like, wait, am I being offensive here? Okay. <laughs> So what's on your bucket list of things you would love to do sexually? Like, is there anything you haven't done that you want to do? So I still haven't done a DP. I think I would have to work my, work my way into that, but I am interested in knowing what that's like. Well, when are you coming to LA? <laughs> I'm in LA. So we can make that happen. Oh my gosh. You're so funny. <laughs> I'm re I'm recently tested. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, so men, when you hear a girl say, oh my God, you're so funny after you flirt with them, I'm just letting you know now she's not interested. So don't be mad about it. Just laugh with her and move on and don't make her uncomfortable. So if they, if you ever hear, oh my God, you're so funny, that means she's not interested. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you've never been DP'd, but this means that you're, you like anal. I like anal. I do like anal. I feel like I actually don't trust everyone though when it comes to that. So I really have to be comfortable with the person who's going to be on the back end. Right. <laughs> and can you have askasms? I can. Yes. Oh my God. And I just got that. Oh my God. You're so funny. Oh, <laughs> just torture, torture. Uh, so yeah, I love women who can have askasms. I love girls who just let you play with their butt doing some analingus or something like that. I love it. I love it. By the way, uh, Katana's very, very pretty. I'm looking at her now. Her smile is beautiful. Make sure to go to our website, carnaltalk.com, and check out the pictures that we have up on her episode. Also, go follow her on all her social medias as well. Um, but going into your social medias, so I know you do boy-girl stuff, but you're not in the adult industry, right? You've never filmed for any studios or anything like that, right? I have not. Yeah, you're right about that. And just no interest in going that route? I don't think so. And the reason is because I am trying to kind of build myself up now in a different industry that where I, I suppose, and I think that I'm going to be doing like a lot of media content. So I, I don't really want to be on the internet world, like, you know, in both ways, very publicly. Right. So if you do the adult industry, you would probably get pretty popular and it's just a matter of time before pe people figure out your real name and then they web search you and, well, the first are three things that pop up or Pornhub links or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I understand that. But you do do boy-girl content on your OnlyFans um, as well as girl-girl and solo stuff. So Yes. Are... Yeah. So, so most of most of the time, like basically all of my videos that are boy girl are filmed with a partner and you know, the partner is anonymous. So no face, no face, no is face it, for them. Is it always the same partner? It's, it's not always been the same partner, but it's, it has been people that I've been dating. So oh, people yeah. have been dating that are interested in, you know, doing something like that. Do you shoot with people that you don't date with besides women? I don't. Ah, uh, okay. See, I was going to see if we could shoot, but 
<laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay, so DP is on your bucket list. Anything else? I don't know. I, you know, I've been told before um, by some clients at the club that I am apparently very vanilla. That's what I've heard before. I did not take myself as vanilla. I didn't think that about myself, but, well, but I mean, <laughs> I guess it just takes on who they're comparing you to. Right. Cause like compared to my ex-girlfriend, you are van vanilla, right? So maybe compared to some of the other girls that are dancing at the club, you are vanilla, but most people in this world or most women in this world don't want a DP. Most don't like anal sex and most don't have a reverse gangbang with guys. So I wouldn't call you vanilla, but I wouldn't call you the craziest of the cray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything else that, that I haven't tried yet that I want to do. So, okay. I mean, I'm, you know, maybe I would really be interested in some like bondage, like some BDS. I'm not, not really like violent. Like I don't really want scars or skin tears. Um, but I think it would be really fun to get like shibari tied up and pleased in that way. Every girl I've interviewed for this podcast so far has either been into shibari or wants to do shibari. So what this tells me is I need to take some shibari lessons. Therefore, I could get more work. Yes, that's actually <laughs> a good idea. Yeah. So guys out there, there is something about shibari rather than just regular tie up bondage where uh, women, I think they like it because it looks pretty and it's still submissive. Yeah. And and I think that there's a feeling to it too that's like really hot, like the tension, the the pulling, it kind of heats up, it heats up on your skin. Um, so you know, it's just like you just get so it's so erotic. My ex liked it. She said it made her feel very relaxed and it would it would like send her into like a zen and a very relaxed state. It's almost like meditation for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good way to put it. Okay. All right. So let's, let me ask you this. You have 10 minutes and you need to get off. What are you going to have the guy do to get you off as fast as possible? Okay. That's a good one. So I really like, um, yeah, foreplay, just a lot of like fingering, um, sometimes a little bit anal. I would say like a little bit of anal with it. But in general, like I can come pretty quickly as long as the person is, it's kind of like, you got to start, you got to start slow and then move really fast and then kind of go back to slow, but hard. Okay. So, so let me, for let me, me, it's like penetration. Let me see if I can get this straight. So you want a lot of foreplay and that foreplay includes like butt play. Am I understanding that? Like fingers and maybe licking mm -hmm. and then yeah. eventually work the way to penetration, whether it's fingers or cock or whatever it might be. Right. And the penetration has to be a little bit faster and maybe a little more forceful. I would say in the beginning, slow, mm -hmm. but once you're kind of in that good, like Zen, that good, like movement and energy, then I kind of want it to be fast and deeper. Okay. So with the foreplay, let's just say, this is a hypothetical. 
you and I were naked in bed, right? Mm -hmm. I know I'm so funny. You and I were <laughs> naked in bed and I was making out with you and I was tickling your thighs and brushing up against your pussy real light and tickling your clit. If I were to whisper dirty things in your ear, would that help out? I think so. I really like, you know, some kissing on the neck, some kissing on the ears. Um, yeah, a little bit of like scratching, I would say, where you kind of like graze your nails or your fingers mm -hmm. on me. Yeah. Kind of get like, if, if I start to have goosebumps, that's a good sign. That's exactly where I was going. If I were, if you were to get goosebumps, uh, I have this little technique that I do that works on 99% of the women. Like, let's say she's like laying down on the bed, ass up, like in a prone bone, bone position. I will take my tongue and start at the top of her butt crack and like slowly, not even like a real lick. It's just my tongue is lifting the hairs up, you know, little baby hairs mm -hmm. up all the way up the spine to the neck. 99.9% .9 of the time I get goosebumps out of that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I haven't had that one before. <laughs> I know it's kind of like my move. I I'm sure other people have done it, but like, it's just one I've discovered. Cause I, I used to figure out that if I bit the back of the neck, like right at the top of the spine. So like, if this is your, can you see me on camera? Like if this is your spine mm -hmm. and then you come in and you bite like right at the top of the neck here, mm. um, just not a hard bite, but a solid bite and a little wet that would give them goosebumps. But then I figured out like I could work up to that and finish with that. And they would already start to have goosebumps as I was working my way north or up towards the head. And then when I'd bite the neck, the goosebumps would just get even bigger. Oh, wow. So maybe you can uh, talk to one of your, your partners there and see if you can get them to do it. Okay, thanks. Okay. I'm not impressing her whatsoever. It happens. Folks. It happens. It, it happens. I tried to get her to work with me, but she shot me down. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Sometimes, you know, I'm just a little bit too good looking for people and I understand. <laughs> it. I love it. I love it. I think you're a good looking guy. I, oh, do. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll take that um, constellation prize right there. So is there a specific position that gets you off faster when you actually do start having sex? I feel like it really depends on the penis, you know, but usually people are able to get me there faster doggy style. Doggy style, really? I um, see. I have a problem with doggy style because I don't like to be directly behind the girl. I like to kind of stand up on my legs, almost like I'm pile driving. Um, mm -hmm. for some reason, just regular right behind just doesn't feel good for me. I think it's cause I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't have long legs. I have kind of a long torso. I mean, I'm not short, mm -hmm. but my legs are short for me. So then I mm -hmm. get like this weird angle from right behind. <laughs> so I come up and over, but then they say I'm going too deep. Mm, okay. I see. So you said it depends on size as well. Does that mean you're a size queen? I am a size queen, but that's actually not what gets me off. Yeah. So it, I mean, I've had like average, I've even had like smaller size that have gotten me to come to orgasm. Um, but yeah, it just depends. I would say it's like really all about angling. 
and your G spot is like kind of at the upper roof of your vaginal canal. I feel like it is on the upper, upper roof, but also it's not like this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's not very far in. So it's, it's almost like you could really get it to happen with just your fingers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me, even if the guy is really big, it doesn't really matter. But if he is really big, he's going to have an easier time getting me to orgasm if he's not all the way in. So if he's just half in and like kind of staying right there, um, that usually works for me. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that you not only have asgasms, well, we already discussed that, but you have internal orgasms as well. Do you also have clitoral orgasms? Not usually. Wow. So you're more on the internal. See, you're my type of girl. Like I find that the girls that can only have the clitoral orgasms, they always have to like play with themselves while I'm having sex with them or something like that. But I like it when I can fuck a girl and she comes, then I feel like a man instead of a lonely little boy who can't get his girl off, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, usually people who have clitoral orgasms really like toys too, like vibrators and things. I don't really need all that. Like when I'm masturbating by myself, it's always, it's always like a glass penetrative toy or a silicone toy, but it's, it always is a penetrative toy. So I don't actually need vibrators. That's awesome. And how often do you masturbate? Uh, typically like if all things are normal and I'm feeling normal, then usually, usually at least once a day. Wow. Well, that's, that's, see, I need to find another one of you. Do you have a clone or something? (laughs) (laughs) You like it in the ass. You have internal orgasms. You're petite. You're pretty. uh, You, you're super sexual. What's wrong with you? Tell me something wrong with you. I know you gotta, everybody go to my OnlyFans, you know, make me do this. Help me out with this. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go to her OnlyFans. Yeah. Give the link out again, please. And all your other social medias. Yeah. It's Katana Jade TV, K-A-T-A-N-A-J-A-D-E TV. And that's for Instagrams. Do you have, you don't use Snap. Oh, you do use Snap. Is it the same on Snap? I use Snap, but I don't actually um, give out my Snapchat unless oh. the, the, yeah, there's kind of this all rule right. in my OnlyFans for how all that works. D- DM her on OnlyFans and, and get to that. But do you ever watch any of my snaps? I do watch your snaps. I actually <laughs> saw that you uploaded one before this. Did I? Oh, you, oh, yes. you, you saw the cunt shot. Yes, I did. Oh, that is my most requested video. Like, it's so weird. Every time, you know, someone will hit me up, hey, can you put that that cum shot on, on Adriana's ass up? And I'm like, okay. I've had to repost that at least 100 times on Snapchat. Oh, my gosh. So, that's so I love funny. it. It was you, a good one. You've seen There's me. There's a name? lot. It's a big load. I do have big loads. That's why my OnlyFans is Nelly has big loads. That's that's the only reason I get booked. It's not because I have like a big dick or anything like that. It's because I have big loads. Although I will tell you this story that you might get a kick out of. Uh, I was supposed to shoot for um, a studio, which I will not mention. Um, and they haven't booked me in like two or three years. And so I was like, okay, this will be fun. So I get on set and they're like, dude, 
you got a gray beard. You're gray. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, you look too old. We can't use you for this scene. So I got sent back because I look too old. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to shoot too much anymore. I mean, I'll shoot for my only fans and stuff like that. But anyway, that's the depressing part about getting old. But anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm no, known for my big loads. So girls like to have a big load and for their their footage, their content for like a facial or a cream pie or something like that. And then I always get I get booked for bukkake scenes and stuff too. Probably never had That's a bukkake, huh? No, I have not. <laughs> not on your checklist. <laughs> it's not. No, I, I don't love cum that much, to be oh. honest with you. Like, I, I really like cream pies, um, but I don't really even like to swallow. Sorry. Sorry, everyone, if I've That's, disappointed you. You remember, like, three minutes ago, I asked what was wrong with you, and now we know. <laughs> but you like cream pies, because I was going to ask you, would you ever do, like, a double or a triple cream pie? I think so. I think I would. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a freak like that. I like dirty girls. I'm like, oh, dirty, dirty. I'm bad. What's wrong <laughs> with me? What's wrong with me, world? Apparently, just that you have, you know, gray hairs. <laughs> yeah, go home. You you look too old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so on your OnlyFans, how often are you updating it? So I try to, I mean, I'm always on, I'm, I'm basically on the computer every day. So I'm available to anyone who subscribes. I'm available to chat anytime, but as much as I'm posting, it kind of depends on, you know, how, how many sets I get rolling out. When I say sets, I meant, I mean, boudoir sets. Um, so I, I try to post at least once a day. Great. So I'm going to let everyone in on a little secret on adult content a lot of times these girls will book a day and they'll do three or four shoots that day. Not necessarily boy, girl, but you'll do three or four outfits, three or four different sets or areas or whatever. And then you'll push that content out every few days as well. So that's what she meant when she said, depends um, how much you've been shooting, right? Or how much. Right. Yeah. So. All right, great. Well, I think that's about it. We've got to know you pretty well. Uh, anything else you want to promote? No, I think that's it for now. Yeah. Right. So if you want to find me, you know, just go ahead and search my tag. It's Katana Jade TV. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention to everyone is you are or were or still am a suicide girl. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I'm, I'm still a suicide girl. So you can go, mm -hmm. if you're into the suicide girl look, she's there. So you do have tattoos and, and things like that, right? Which kind of constitutes a suicide girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to look me up on suicide girls, um, it's also Katana Jade. Awesome. So go follow her there. You guys hit her up on OnlyFans. Let her know that you found her through us. Uh, tip her big, buy some content, get a dick rating. What what constitutes a good dick for you? Oh my gosh. You know, I told you I'm kind of a size queen. So I really like seven to eight inches. Well, that's a not good. Girth. That's not big. Seven to eight <laughs> is not, not big. I guess it's not, but the average is like five. I'm seven. And I've seen a lot of. I'm seven you're to eight. You're good. I'm seven. Oh, I've, you're, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. You've seen it in action. 
You heard it here, ladies. I'm good. Don't forget to follow me on OnlyFans as well. Nelly has big loads. All right, Katana. Always a pleasure talking to you. We need to go hang out soon, do a hike. You want to hike to a waterfall soon? Yeah, I'd love that. There's yeah, one uh... when we get a warmer day. Oh no, it's it's fine because uh it's California. It never gets cold here. Yeah. And if you're hiking, you stay warm. But anyway, I got a good one that's only like 25 minutes from us. It's really nice. It's And since okay. it is winter, the waterfall is actually running because in the summer it doesn't run. But let's do oh. a hike. Let's do a hike soon. And um, everyone go follow her. Give her love. And we will see you guys later. All right. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Okay, that's episode two in the bag with the lovely Katana Jade. Don't forget to follow her on all social media, Katana Jade TV, and that is TikTok, Instagram, and OnlyFans. You can also find her on suicidegirls.com under the name Katana Jade. I need you to follow me as well. I am on OnlyFans. Nelly has big loads. And the more vanilla platforms, Instagram and TikTok, follow carnal talk podcast then on x otherwise known as twitter thanks elon carnal talk pod shoot me an email you can do so nelly at carnaltalk.com that's n-e-l-l-y give me some suggestions let me know what you do and you don't like i'm willing to take some constructive criticism after all this is my first solo career in the podcasting world so i'm open to all feedback and that's it for this episode. Until I figure out a good sign-off phrase like we used to have for the Porn Director Podcast, I'm just going to say, I'm glad you got to hear me.